The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, Dermot and Dave have been a duo for the past 21 years, but it will all come to an end this Friday. Dermot Whelan heading off to pursue his passion for mindfulness with his holistic brand Mindful. And I'm delighted to say Dermot joins me in studio now. So, Dermot, this is it. Congratulations, right? It's a big move. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one. People are in the building are sort of looking at you and they don't quite know what to say. Like, yeah. big news. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's not every day someone walks off a primetime radio show. So there's yeah. kind of there isn't precedent um, I've seen many people being pushed off primetime video <laughs> shows but usually it's not voluntary so yeah I mean I, I, I'm I, very excited about it I have to say it's something mm. obviously that I didn't dream up in the last week it's something that has been on my mind for a long time so um, and I've kind of gone through the oh my god what am I doing um, phases of it you know yeah. a few months back so I, I feel pretty solid in my decision now So when was the decision made um, when when did you start thinking about it, actually? I guess when I started teaching meditation, I realised um, I was getting a lot more out of it than I had expected. And maybe I didn't know what to expect. I do remember, you know, there was a, a, a night where, a week where I did a, a show in the Three Arena doing stand-up with Dave. Um, and that would have always been my dream as a performer, you know, to do anything in the three arena was, mm. you know, it was amazing. And a couple of days later, I taught, I was teaching, you know, meditation and stress management techniques to 30 people in an insurance company down on Tara Street. Well, that's, that, that's, that's really everybody's dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when I came out of that, I was floating on air. I, yeah. I felt I tapped into something that was really a truer representation of of who I you know who I am now. In in that I bring my comedy to it, and I bring you know the the meditation side and those other passions. So I, I guess with this new work, I feel like I'm bringing more of myself to the to the table with it. And whenever we do that, you know, when we're tapping into those passions, it just feels a lot more fulfilling. So I'm I'm just excited about doing a bit more of that. And you don't worry that. Um, what you really tapped into that day was actually the insurance industry and you should just be a broker or something. <laughs> That's actually the dream. Yeah, maybe we'll... A loss adjuster. I'll keep that as an option, <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, but I don't think any insurance company wants me, you know, across their numbers, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, like, it, it, it's, it's a huge change for you. It's a huge change for Dave. It's a huge change for listeners as well. You know, because the... This this medium, it's like it's an intimate one, and people feel they've got a personal relationship with the two of you. So that that must have been part of the decision as well, was it? Like how people would react to it? Of course, yeah. And you feel, I mean, you've invested so much of yourself, and you you you're very conscious, particularly since COVID, of how much your listeners invest in you and how they do feel part of your life because you tend to divulge certainly in our style of show, a lot of your personal life, you know, and you you mine your family and loved ones for content (laughs) every day. Um, And so, you know, rightly so, certainly as a listener myself, you know, to other radio shows, you do feel like, you know, the presenter and you feel, um, you know, there's a there's a lovely sense of continuity and, and just being able to know that when you turn it on, they're there and everything feels normal and you feel reassured and. Yeah, um, you know, it's there's a comfort to it. So I guess you know, I, I'm definitely conscious that when you disrupt something as long running as Dermot and Dave, then you know it's got it's going to have a ripple effect. But I'm also very excited for Dave, who's going to continue the show, yeah. you know, himself. So 
and he's very excited about that and we're we're you know still best mates and we really support each other as best mates tend to do. When did you meet each other first? We met each other in 2002. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, 2002, because there were 21 years together. We were literally put into a room together. I had been working in, in 98FM at the time and I had done various jobs from news to writing comedy uh, and I had become an overnight DJ, overnight job. So I was working the midnight shift. Yeah. And... The breakfast show opening came up and they decided they were going to just take a chance. Uh, so they were going to put me in there and then put someone new in who hadn't done radio before. And that was Dave. He was a music producer. So they literally put us into a room together and like a weird play date and said, you guys get to know each other now. And then they came in 20 minutes later and went, how are you getting on? <laughs> like, fine, <laughs> this is so weird. Dave didn't even know why he was in the building. They never said this is for a radio show. They just said, look, we've heard your demo. He did some impressions and things. So just come in and meet this guy. So oh, yeah? He was like, I was just told to come here and meet you. Um, so we, I remember we bonded. And did he try to do his impressions on you? He did, and because uh, I had heard some of them, he did an Alan Partridge impression Okay. Um, and was going aha and I thought it was amazing and I'd never heard somebody could do a decent Alan Partridge before so we bonded over that and you know 21 years later uh, we're still best mates yeah and I mean to leave all that then for for mindful um, like is it tangible that feeling that you had when you walked out of that company that insurance company I mean can you describe it like is it like is what is it? Is it fulfillment? Yeah, well, I contentment, guess contentment, happiness. What is it? I was trying to make sense of it. I remember driving home, you know, after it, going, "Why am I feeling so, you know, charged up after this? Is it just because it's new, or is there actually more to this? You know, are you just kind of used to all the other things? You know, um, and I guess, like I said, I think ful- fulfillment comes from a tapping into stuff you're passionate about. I guess a sense of newness always helps. But I think anything where you're bringing more of yourself to the table, you know, when I started in radio, you know, I, I wasn't the same person that, that, that I am now. I was, I'm not the same person that I was even, you know, five years ago. And I think as we as we grow, you know, if 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 we're still running you know, or, or doing things, it's a bit like running old software, you know, that if we're still doing things for the reasons that we that, you know, that were important 10 years ago, then we're not going to get that sense of fulfillment because it doesn't make sense to the version of ourselves that we are now. Mm. I mean, you know, I'm talking on the fly here. I, I, you know, I still haven't left the building. So come and talk to me in, in a year. And I'm like, oh my God, it was a terrible decision. But I guess, you know, I, it does, I think when we can tap into, uh, you know, the things that are important to us now and the things that we're passionate about now, I think that has to bring more of a sense of fulfillment. And it, I'm a big, you know, I've, I've learned over the last few years, I've always been someone who likes to do lots of things and that's wonderful. But when you spread yourself too thin, you know, everything kind of suffers and you can't really mm. um, develop something to the point, you know, maybe that, you know, there, that where to where it has more potential. And that's where I feel I am now. I, I think if I can just step away from radio, which has been amazing to me for so long, you know, for long enough that I can really focus my attention on this and whatever I think... You know, wherever, whatever you can shine the light of your attention on, you know, it, it has to grow, you know. And, and uh, I think the stuff that I've been doing outside of radio, I think, deserves that now. And I, I want to give it a push for a while and just see how I get on. And what are the risks? What are you nervous about? Um, well, I'm, I'm 
turning my back on, you know, a very nice salary. And that's, I guess the financial worries are, are ones that, that's the main one that comes into your head is like, yeah. am, am I crazy? You know, so, but I decided, look, uh, you know, there's no point in fretting because that doesn't really do anything. I'm going to get proactive about it. So a long time ago, I sat down with a financial advisor and said, look, if I was to do this, you know, show me some charts. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I guess. Loads I'm, of red lines pointing yeah. at the ground, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, planes crashing. Yeah. You're like, when are you going to get to the good charts? <laughs> Um, but, you know, I decided that, I, look, at least investigate, you know, and see, get, at least see if you were to do it and not just get out of the hypothetical and get into the facts, you know, because, you know, I am bringing my wife and kids on this journey with me. And, you know, they deserve to see that I've done some research on this and, you know, how, how, what is my earning income out of this job and all those kind of boring but necessary questions you need to ask. But I guess, you know, for anyone, any of your listeners who've who've made that you know, change of career or maybe jumped out of uh, out of one career, you know, into another passion. I'm, you know, they, I guess they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, mm. But you have to do your homework, I suppose. And, uh, and uh, but also it's it's a massive trust fall. That's what it feels like. You know, remember in school you do the trust fall where, oh, yeah. you know, you really would um, put your faith in your schoolmate not to let you fall on the ground as you, yeah. as you fall backwards and, and that's and it, as you inevitably know. hit the ground yeah. if you're in an yes. all-boys school like yeah. I was <laughs> yes I remember doing it myself yeah um, the lesson was never trust anybody <laughs> get back yeah. to your desk yeah <laughs> uh, but I guess yeah to me at the moment it feels like a, like a, a trust fall with the universe and you know you just got to really um, you know a friend of mine actually when I was really struggling with the decision I was like I, th- I think am I making a complete Aims of this is—is um, is this just too risky? And he said, mm. "Look, you," he said, "back yourself. You know, you, you have to back yourself." Yeah. So, anytime I get a bit worried about my decision, I think, "No, back yourself. Look, yeah, yeah. What other choice do you have? You know, really." Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, when I, I was speaking to my financial advisor pal, I was saying, "Look, how many people like me do you get who come and sit in front of you, and you know?" They say they're going to do this and then they come back with their tail between their legs a couple of years later and say, it didn't work out. I went back to my old job. And he's mm. like, none. And he said, but I tell you what I do see a lot of. And that's people, you know, late 50s, 60s, they're approaching retirement and they're saying, I had an opportunity to take a jump and I didn't. And I really wish I did. Um, yes. you no, know, but, you know, we're we're human and we have people who depend on us. And of course, it's really understandable that we would stay with a career that's safe and that we know and it's reliable and we can, you know, put the money away and all those things. So, um, you know, we're, it, it's, it makes sense to be risk averse because, yeah. you know, particularly with finances. So in, in, in a worst case scenario kind of situation, it, you, it's easier in your mind to live with having tried this and it failing than living with the kind of the l- regret of not having tried it at all. Yeah, completely. Because I think, I guess where I am now is I feel like I really owe it to the version of myself that I am now, you know, and yeah. that I've I've done great things for the version of myself from 10 and 20 years ago. You know, we had a ball, but I think I owe it to who I am now to have a go at it. And thankfully, I'm blessed with a wife and kids who are willing to go on that journey with me. I have a co-host who is, you know, right there with me and, and an amazing team. Um, so yeah, I was even thinking about that today on the drive in. Is it, 
is it better to have tried and fail? Yeah. You know, and for me, the answer is absolutely yes. You know, and but I, I really believe I won't. I, I think, I think I'll discover a whole new set of of new opportunities and relationships and all kinds of things. And is is for. is the fulfillment you get from the mindful work and the mindfulness is is it is it that sense of growth and change you experience in yourself or seeing that in others? That it's, you it's both. Yeah, it really is both. Um, and I think that adds to that fulfillment, as you say, because I am always happier when I'm learning, you know, when I'm challenging myself and putting myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and But when I can... What's been most fulfilling to me is being able to use comedy and my skills that I learned over, you know, 20 years on comedy stages. When I can use that coupled with the, you know, the the techniques that I've learned through meditation that I know work and they're scientifically proven. When I see the blend of that affecting someone in a positive way, that's massive, you know, and mm. I'm not doing this as sort of being evangelistic about it. And, you know, aren't I great? I'm changing people's lives. But the fact of the matter is that you know, I've been in situations in my life where I have, you know, had anxiety and been out of my comfort zone and feeling down and all those things. And I couldn't relate to a lot of the so-called wellness offerings that were being put in front of me. So, you know, for me, being able to make that space accessible for people, you know, who ordinarily wouldn't gravitate towards that, that's what I really get joy out of it. So it's the guy in the high-vis jacket or the... um, you know, the, I mean, I gave a talk to a, a lot of solicitors who, you know, who I guess wouldn't be gravitating towards um, that space generally. It, it's the people who I feel are excluded from um, that that wellness or spiritual world who, who realise that there is something there for them and that it actually works. And that I do get a lot of fulfilment out of that, out of kind of breaking down those barriers and, and making this stuff accessible because I know mm. it works and science tells us it works but sometimes it's just about presenting it in a language and in a humorous way that people can relate to. And then there, there's obviously in your mind and in the mind of your financial analyst there, there's, a, there's, there's you know a gap in the market there's a market in the gap you know there, there are enough people out there who are now open to that who might not have been in the past. Definitely yeah. and particularly since COVID you know yeah. the world has changed and I think people are, are ready um, ready a, a little bit more open to to this kind of thing, you know. There still always be, you know, the cynics, and I, I love cynics. I love when they come to my show, you know. And yeah. and but they, I guess, humor is a great tool for for breaking down that cynicism and and making people open to it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I just would love, just as I was, I have always been really grateful for being able to have a career, you know, out of being a comedian. You know, I hope that. The next phase, I can have a career, uh, you know, and put food on the table doing, you know, this, doing the work that I'm doing now and, and something else that I'm passionate about. And that would be amazing. And is, is part of that because, again, is it because that people are now more open to maybe a, a, a need they possibly always had? Or is there a greater need? Is, are there in, is there in your mind greater levels of anxiety in society? Or, or, or was there always and just people were kind of uh, better equipped at kind of bottling it up? And I said better equipped makes it sound like it was a good thing. But I, you know what I mean? Like I said, they were kind of 
they had been conditioned to bottle it up. So you yeah, were maybe less like, I don't know it. if anyone can truly answer that. I mean, certainly there is a m- bigger sense of awareness. You know? Yeah. You know, when I had a panic attack back in 2007 on the way to a comedy festival, you know, I had never had a conversation about anxiety. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't even know what a panic attack was. The, you know, the, the paramedic had to explain it to me. So, yes, there's a certain, there's more awareness now. Maybe in some ways, given our lifestyles, we're less resilient. You know, certainly you get the feeling that our parents might have been more resilient than than maybe we are now. Or maybe we worry that our kids were sort of by the, you know, modern efforts to keep your kids more safe, that maybe you're robbing them of some resilience. But I guess it really doesn't matter. I think the important thing is that there, you know, a lot of people struggle, you know, and and they have phases in their lives where they are going to be struggling with things like anxiety and poor sleep and, you know, just feeling down and not knowing why, you know. And I think the great thing is that even the most unlikely people now are more receptive to learning simple, quick techniques. They Mm. don't suddenly have to go off to an ashram in India and they don't have to, (laughs) you know, start wearing flowy linen trousers. you know, they can just do these things. And and just like going to the gym was weird, you know, maybe back in the 80s, you know, now doing something for your mind is is perfectly normal. And I think if we can normalize it and and make it accessible through comedy, which is my plan, through humor, then, you know, everybody benefits. What will you miss most about the show, the radio show? Oh, gosh, uh, I think just the not knowing every day what you're going to get, you know, and I'm sure you know that yourself. It's it's weird, you know, you ever see those, it always reminds me of the Buddhists who who make those really intricate sand drawings, you know, and they spend months working yeah. on it. And then as soon as it's finished, they get their arms and go, whoosh, and they wipe it. And every day in radio is a bit like that. You know, you can be so invested in it. And then next day it starts all over again, you know, and obviously, you know, the crack I've had um, yeah. in, in that studio for, for the last 20 years is that's what makes these decisions so hard. It would be really easy if I hated my job and hated the people I work with, but it's the opposite, you know. But I guess, you know, as I said, anyone, I mean, you've, you've changed your career, you know. Yeah. You? Um, when you feel that pull in your gut, it's, it's, you can shut it out for a while, but yeah. eventually it'll just become um, so strong. I think if you don't act on it, I think you start to become a little bit miserable, maybe, or resentful, and, and I don't want to go there, so... I'm quite excited. To, I, th- I feel like now is the right time. Yeah, I think lots of people uh, excited to see uh, what awaits you. Um, Listen, Dermot, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a million. Uh, thanks so much, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.